1: Locked On Podcast Network and State Farm present Paving the Way, a new series highlighting important voices across Locked On's network. Every month, our host Kanani Stevens will showcase other Locked On hosts who come from underserved communities to hear the challenges they face to become a sports broadcast personality. Who will be paving the way this episode? Find out now.
2: State Farm believes it's important to champion diverse voices and create positive impacts in our neighborhoods. That's why our good neighbors at State Farm are proud to support the Paving the Way series and their mission to provide support to underserved communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In today's episode, we speak to Coop Cahill from Locked on Pistons about his humble beginnings on YouTube and how his locked on community supported him when he needed it the most from Locked On Pistons joining us for this edition of Paving the Way. Happy to have you. We try to start these out with a little bit of background, just kind of how you grew up and how are sports part of your life um, from the get-go.
0: Um, so, yeah, I, I, sports have always been, like, the biggest part of my life, to be honest. Basketball was, like, my first love. Um, I have played basketball my whole life. Um, it's been, like, my number one my whole life since I was a kid um obviously I had like the crazy dream of wanting to go play NBA but you know um didn't grow past five nine after my initial uh growth spurt so that never ended up happening but eventually found another way to get into the basketball business uh but not just basketball I played football my whole life too so sports have been like the main thing for me literally since I was around like seven eight years old it's been like the main thing for me
2: do you feel like I mean, with your job now, it's just so much easier when you love what you're talking about. I'm sure you followed the Pistons since you were a kid. Was that your team growing up?
0: Yeah, I was born in Detroit. So, um, yeah, the, the Pistons, the Lions, they've been my teams. Um, I'm very loyal to the city. I'm not going to be one of those who go to a fan of a different city. I'm, I'm very loyal to Detroit. So, yeah, Pistons were my team growing up.
2: Um, did you know you wanted to kind of – Cover sports, I know you always played and you thought that for a while, but like when did you realize, hey, I still want to be involved in some way and I feel like this might work for me?
0: Um, I'd say probably my senior year of high school. Um, I started to, I joined the, the my high school's newspaper at Chippewa Valley. Um, I, I joined their newspaper class. I don't know how long they, I, I'm pretty sure the newspaper had just like, they just brought it to the high school. Um, and so I joined it and I wrote a few articles and I was like, I, I like this. Um, writing was always something I was I was pretty cool at and pretty good at Um, a fun a fun thing I always hold over my friends is I had the highest like back when they did I don't think they do ACT anymore but like I had the highest score in the writing of all my friends so I always hold that over their heads but that's a little fun thing Um, but yeah in my senior year when I realized like I wasn't going to be going to the NBA or any like crazy college for real um, I decided like I don't want to go and do some you know, labor job. Like I want to be in sports. Sports is like my thing. I love basketball. If I can't play it, I want to be doing it somehow. Um, so I joined the newspaper class and and I started writing articles there. Um, and yeah, that's really. And also around that time, that was when like um, ESPN First Take was really like starting to take off. And I was one of those kids at the lunch table every day with my friends. We were screaming at each other, nonstop debating, yelling at each other. It was just crazy stuff. Um, so like First Take. Um, was always something like, especially around that time, I was like, man, I, I think I really would love to do something like that when I just get to talk about sports, argue about sports, and just talk about basketball. That would be like, if I can't play it, that would be like my my next big thing.
2: It's easy to argue about when you're passionate about it. I wouldn't even call it that. It's just like you have thoughts. You got to share them. Um, with Stephen A must have been big for you then. What what was it about him that you kind of either related to or just drew you to him? Uh, you know, it, it's just
0: because he was the – again, it's because first take was really popping off at that time, and mm-hmm. Stephen A I always thought was, like, the most cool one as a kid. Now, I don't – as I've gotten older, I've found some <laughs> other people I may relate to a little bit more, um, but definitely, like, growing up as a kid throughout high school, Stephen A was, like, the first guy um, and really, like, the guy I looked up to in that, in like that kind of basketball media thing. Um, he, he was – it was just, like – it was really fun watching first take – all the time especially like the times when you wouldn't go to school and you got to actually watch it live um it was always just so much fun watching them debate and 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 get loud and 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 funny and stuff so i really i really loved it there was no other real show i don't feel like that was on like that at that point i know there's a few now um but I, i feel like first take was probably like the only one around at that point i didn't really like skip bayless and i i still don't really like skip but uh yeah stephen a was my guy so that was the dude i really looked at when it came to like this basketball media stuff and what I wanted to do.
2: I feel like Stephen, A. love him or hate him. Everybody has an opinion, right? It's like you, you feel strongly about this man because he's very specific kind of way when with you're not necessarily emulating him, but do you just try to be like yourself when you're talking about the team? I think sometimes that's hard for people to kind of be in the public eye or talk about something, but like bring your own personality into it. Is that key for it for you when you're talking about the Pistons?
0: Yeah, you, you, said it, you said exactly what I was going to say. It's the personality thing. I remember when I was in high school, I watched like a – I don't remember what exactly it was, but it was an interview with Stephen A, and he was talking – they were asking him like, how did you get what you got or how are you doing so well, like all this stuff. I remember watching it, and one of the big things I always took away from like when I was in high school was watching Stephen A is that that's what really like brought everyone to him uh, was his personality. Like that's still what brings people to him is that he's he's – you know, for whatever, for what it's worth. He's loud. He's very passionate. His personality is instantly identifiable. It's it. People find it fun to listen to. Um, and that's, that's really what I've tried to do since, since graduating high school. I, I, you know, I created my own stuff, tried doing my own thing until I va- basically got on some places, but like, I've always wanted to make sure that I had, I showed my personality and really cause I feel like I have a fun personality. I feel like I'm a fun guy. Uh, shout out to Kawhi um, but I feel like I'm pretty funny and stuff so like that's been like the one thing I want to make sure like yes I'm very passionate about the Pistons and the basketball I'm, I feel like I'm pretty smart about the game I love doing breakdowns video breakdowns and you know getting really into the the, the weeds of, of basketball but any a lot of people probably can do that it's about like do people want to listen to you do people really want to like you know, hear you talk about it, and a part of that I feel like a lot of people don't really understand is that you have to have the personality, you have to be fun with it too. I um, mean, that was probably one of, like the biggest takeaways I ever, I've taken from Stephen A. in high school was that, it, like you said, whether you hate or love him, he's his personality is vibrant. It's 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 it pops off the screen instantly, and that's why he's at where he's at, and that's why I'm trying to get where I'm trying to go.
2: Cool. I think your personality really shines through, especially when. You're covering a team that, you know, hasn't been doing great for a little bit. And obviously, you know, people say what they say about it and you're honest, but you can tell you still want the team to do well, but you're not going to sugarcoat what's actually going on. And I always appreciate that. I'm sure your viewers do too. Is that kind of key for you? It's like, Hey, I love this team more than anybody. I want them to be successful. I'm not going to like blow smoke with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like some of my listeners may feel like I I need to be a little bit nicer to them sometimes. And I need to be a little (laughs) bit nicer to the Pistons, but yeah. I mean, I, I look, I love the Pistons. I've, again, I grew up watching them my whole life. They've been my favorite team since I was a kid. I want them to be, be good. I want them to have success, but yeah, part of like doing this job and part of being in media and, and covering the team, you got to be honest about things. You can't sugarcoat stuff and you shouldn't sugarcoat stuff. So if something's wrong or they're not doing things well, and obviously they haven't been, it's been like 15 years since they won a playoff game. You got to be honest about it. And, and I'm, I feel like I'm one of the ones in the Pistons market that is very, <laughs> will be very honest about things and not sugarcoat anything.
2: Very good. Um, we know you like to write before. How did you end up with locked on? What were you doing before you figured that out?
0: So when I graduated high school in 2016, um, I decided I wanted to go to Wayne state and I went to Wayne state for sports broadcast journalism. Um, and right in that summer after graduating high school, I created my own YouTube page, Coos' ballroom. And I created a, a blog with it too. It's a Koosball Room too. Um, and I would just go on there. I'd write articles about the lions, about the pistons. Um, and I, my, on my YouTube channel, I did piston stuff. I did lion stuff. Um, I just tried to get out there and try to create some kind of base and, and just get work out there and show that like I was trying to do stuff. And if, if it popped off, it popped off. But if not, it was more so just to create like a, not only to create like a little bit of a resume for myself, but to, learn things there's so much stuff i learned just from you know doing youtube and my own blog that like trial and error just figuring out new stuff to do that really helps me now um especially with like you know just talking to a camera and editing videos and editing podcasts and you know how knowing how to be how knowing how to to show your personality in front of a camera when it's just you and a camera talking or you're talking but you're talking just to a camera um, so that's what I did right out of high school. I spent a few, like two years doing that. Um, and then in 2017 or 18, I was found by a small Pistons blog, still around now. It's Palace of Pistons. And I wrote there. Um, and then I got on with Piston Powered Fan Sighted, I, I wrote there. And then eventually I got to becoming their uh, site expert and editor there. Um, I took that and ended up working with WJR in 2019, 2020, and got credentialed that year. Um, so I was in the locker rooms. Unfortunately, that was the COVID year, and we had the year cut in half, so I didn't get to have the whole season there. Um, A fun thing was the final game I got to be in the locker room was the game against Rudy Gobert before uh, everything blew up, so that was a scary, a little bit of a scary (laughs) moment. Um, But, um, yeah, so I got to be credentialed that year. Super fun, really great experience. Um, And then after that, I wrote at DBB, Detroit Bad Boys, for the SB Nation, and I was still doing YouTube all along during this as well. All throughout this time, I was doing YouTube, um, and then yeah, Locked On Pistons job became available. I had a few guys, a few listeners of my pod or my not my podcast, my YouTube, and another podcast I used to guest on. a Few people reached out to me. I was like, "Hey, Locked On Pistons is available. I think you'd be great, uh, a great host for it." Um, and then the former host Matt uh, Matt messaged me and was like, "Hey." I'm leaving. Um, I had a few people recommend you. Would this be something that you'd like to do? And I was like, yeah, I think it sounds pretty dope. Um, and then Nick ended up reaching out to me, interviewed me. Um, and yeah, that's how he ended up going and looking at my YouTube videos. I remember he back in um, when it was called, I think it's called Spotify Green Room now. It was called Lock Room at that point. I remember he was spying on me in like a locker room, a few of my locker rooms that I would host and just like listening to see how I communicate with people and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's how I ended up getting on it locked on
2: you talk a little bit about your youtube page too because when you come to, when you're doing podcasting and you don't have a co-host you're literally talking to yourself and and for a half an hour every day and that is very difficult to do it's difficult to show your personality and it's difficult to find stuff to talk about every day that people want to listen to right did you struggle at first when it was pod every single you know 5 days a week or did you kind of get your groove right away or how did you feel when you first started
0: i was I definitely I'm a lot better now than I was when I started. I'll say that I'm, I'm a lot better. I feel a lot more confident, a lot more comfortable. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I disliked it, but I was just very nervous and just scared about what I was doing. My first joined. Now I'm, I love it so much. I just, I just come in, sit down, pop the, you know, record button on, just, just get going. Um, but when I first started, I remember the first episode I recorded, I was so scared about reading ads. I was, I was I was sweating so bad the first day. I was like, "Oh my god, dude! I'm so scared about this. I'm so nervous." Um, and it just felt like the whole room just got so much hotter when I started recording. It was so I was so nervous about it. Um, but yeah, that was my first start. I definitely was a lot. I was really nervous. Um, but I've gotten a lot more comfortable and a lot more confident. Uh, it was definitely. It took us some time to get used to. But again, me being on YouTube. And doing my own YouTube for a while definitely kind of like made the transition when locked on eventually moved to YouTube. It made it a little bit more seamless for me because I had been doing YouTube um, for a while. So I wasn't too scared. I wasn't too worried about being on camera and, and, you know, doing video content. I had been doing video content for a few years at that point. But um, I think the biggest thing for me was um, with the podcast is. I try to, when I record, I try to go start to finish. I don't want to have too many edits where I'm stopping myself and going back, stopping and trying. I wanted to be, I wanted to feel real, like a real conversation happened. Like we're in a barbershop and we're talking. I'm talking to my listeners. And that was probably like the biggest adjustment to me is that I want to make sure I'm saying everything right. I'm not going back on my word. I'm not like messing up with what I'm trying to say. Like that was the biggest adjustment for me because when you do videos, you can stop, edit, go back and stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think that was the biggest thing for me. But, yeah, it it was it was a little bit of adjustment at first.
2: Did you just kind of grow to like almost deal with what you were saying? Because I feel like sometimes I'm trying to say a sentence and I'm like, all right, that ain't right. And I'm like rewording it as I'm saying it, because I think people appreciate that, too. At least in my experience, it's a little more relatable.
0: I was, yes, that's the exact word I was going to say relatable. Like everyone messes up. Everyone says the wrong word. Sometimes everyone stutters sometimes when they're trying to say something. I'll make fun of myself on the podcast. Like if I, I believe a few days ago I said the wrong word, I was trying to say translatable and I said something else. I just spent like 10 seconds making fun of myself for Mm -hmm. not being able to get the word out. So I think, like you said, I think it's relatable. I think listeners like to hear that. Um, Not too much, obviously. They don't want to hear you just struggling to get through a podcast, but if you make fun of yourself, you poke fun of yourself, you know, you can't have fun. You can't make fun of other things. You can't have fun if you can't make fun of yourself as well. So I, I don't, I, I yeah, I agree. I think I just go through and if I mess up, I mess up and I, I'll make, make fun of myself and just keep it going.
2: One of the things I really liked about locked on when I got here is like, they want you to be yourself. We talked about that, right? Like being able to do that, not every like that. Like they kind of just, you know, some places are like, all right, just do store. story they don't want you to get too crazy with stuff. But I feel like everything we've locked on, I mean, for the most part, they're pretty on board with. And if you want to try something new, have you felt like really supported and kind of just like go for it with everyone that you work with?
0: Yeah. I think locked on has been absolutely amazing to me. I've, I love everyone I've worked with anything that all the projects that we've tried over the last few years, everything that I've been a part of, I think it's just a great community of, of coworkers, um, of my colleagues. I think everyone's been so supportive. I, I think it's, I, I honestly think it's like the best place I've ever been. And I haven't been at like 20 different places. Not like I've been at, you know, these big places all over the place and everything, but the, the amount of support and, and just togetherness that locked on has with everyone. It's super dope. It's one of the, like probably some of the most, the best things about it is that everyone wants to see each other succeed. And, and yeah, like Nick has been, I think I, I'm Nick has been the NBA channel manager for a minute and he's, he supported so much what I do. Anytime I have a question, he's immediately there to help me out. Um, he he's helped me out get equipment that maybe I didn't have beforehand. He's helped me out with content ideas. He's helped me out when I, I I'm struggling to get something going on the podcast if I'm running out of ideas. Um, and and the biggest thing he's done for me is that sometimes he feels I'm he feels like I'm not showing my personality enough. He feels like sometimes I'm being too quiet. I guess is the best word. Um, he always tells me, hey. C- show your personality more be more fun like go out there you're leaning or holding back a little bit too much and i'm like i don't know i don't feel like i'm holding back too much but i mean it's just like that's the kind of thing like they don't want you lockdown doesn't want you to hold back anything they don't want you to hide who you are if anything they want you to be exactly who you are on the camera on the mic and i think that's i think that's great because not every place is like that
2: It's not everywhere. I I can tell you, I've worked a lot of other places and it's definitely not like that. It's pretty rare. So it's a good thing we got going. Um, Do you have advice like for anyone that kind of thinks they want to get into this because they're like, oh, that looks kind of cool because as we've just discussed, it's not the easiest thing in the world. But what's your advice to someone that hasn't really tried it yet um, but wants to get into sports media?
0: It's it's a cliche, but for real, it's just do it. Like the biggest thing for me at the beginning when I first, like when I first graduated high school and I knew this is what I wanted to do. The thing that was holding me back for a few weeks and made me like scared to do it was, will people like, will people make fun of me? And my friend, cause my friends, me and my friends, I feel like a lot of friends do this. A lot of friend groups, you just make fun of each other. You constantly are poking fun at each other. Like you just do that. But, I was worried, when my friends are gonna make fun of me. Are people I just graduated high school with? Are they gonna be making fun of oh look at him? He's trying to do this, like ha ha blah blah. He's only getting this many views. He's only but like that was the big thing for me. I was just scared about what people would think. And I think that's the biggest thing. I've talked to a few people, I've tried to help a few people out. And that's like the one of the first things I always hear is that they're scared to just get it going, just to get it started. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is just go out and do it. There who cares what anyone thinks, who cares what anyone says, who cares how many people watch or read whatever you're going to do? Just go out and do it. And eventually, if you care enough about it and you work hard enough with it, you stay consistent with it, eventually you'll get there. I mean, we're in 2023. I didn't get locked on job until 2021. I started like really doing things in 2016. And I feel like I I was the youngest person at locked on, Nick told me at least when they hired me. So like it's it's not like it's super you know, it doesn't happen all the time when you're this young and you, you know, you get somewhere. It takes time. So just stay consistent with it. And if you love what you're doing, definitely stay consistent with it and just work hard. And whether you're getting 10, 20, 30, 40, hundreds, thousands of views, whatever, and no matter what friends are making, poking fun at you or whatever, former classmates, whatever, who cares? Just go out there and do what you got to do. And now you'll eventually get where you want to go.
2: Yeah. Listen to some criticism, be open to criticism, but don't get too deep into the comments because that's never good for you Oh my God. Anyone.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that you're really looking forward to with your podcast? Is it just, you know, the team turning things around? I mean, you've been there for some dark times, so I, I don't want to jinx anything, but things look bright ahead. If, is it exciting to kind of develop the show as the team gets better?
0: It It definitely like when, Good things happen with the team. It makes recording a lot more fun when the team is doing well. It makes it a lot more fun when, when it's more positivity around the team. It makes it a lot more fun. Um, just recently, uh, we had Kay Cunningham really turn some heads at the USA camp on the select team. Had Steve Kerr shouting him out. Had players shouting him out, and just it, he was getting a lot of coverage and. I was able to have Ben Golver on the podcast, and everyone, it was one of my best podcasts of this summer. And everyone was loving listening to it. It had some of the best numbers this past summer. And I had a lot of fun recording it just because it's some positive going on with the team. Um, and with Cade being so young and coming back for his third season, adding Asar Thompson, um, having a, other young guys with the team, Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey. Um, this is the one time I feel like in the last decade, the Pistons actually have a young core instead of trying to fight. For like mediocrity, they have a young core to build with towards the future, and it makes it more of a fun. Um, It makes it more fun to talk about. To constantly, it's more of like like the unknown beforehand. Like you knew what the Pistons were going to be. You knew they weren't going to be that good. Now there's just so much unknown. You can talk about whatever. Like what if this happens? What if this happens? What if Cade by 23 becomes this? What if Jalen Duran by 22 becomes like there's so much unknown with the team, and it's not like bad unknown. It's like Positives, unknowns that yeah it does make it more fun to talk about team the team right now i feel like than any other point outside of maybe the end of Cage rookie year when he was really going crazy um mm-hmm. but outside of that i think this summer so far has been probably the most fun i've had recording the podcast thus far because of where the team's at and where they're going
2: can we talk about, you know, this is a daily podcast, right? So that's difficult to come up with content every day, but it's also difficult if you have stuff going on in your life because you still need to do a podcast five days a week. So, you know, that's the normal of how we do things. How do you deal thing, deal with things that come up in your life?
0: So, yeah, actually recently, two months ago, two and a half months ago now, my wife had brain surgery. Um, she so had to re- remove like a non-cancerous tumor. Um, it was very scary going through that. Um, and it made it tough to want to talk about the Pistons. It, like, it just wasn't important at that point. Um, I just wanted to be there with my wife um, and, and see everything through. Um, and at that time, I was trying to stay with the five days a week. But when, you go, when you're a content creator, you got to make sure you're taking care of yourself, too. You got to make sure that you're doing what's right in your life. And especially when you're going through something like that, um, you want to make sure you're taking care of your own mental health. Uh, so I did take, I, I talked with, you know, uh, my channel manager with Locked on NBA Nick and told him, look, I, I got some stuff going on. I'm going to need to, uh, I, I need to take like some, a week off. I, I like a week, week, two weeks off here because I need to be here with my wife. Um, so I think the main thing is, is that when if a lot of times when I talk to content creators, they feel like they owe and, and. We do, but like you owe your listeners. Like I gotta get this out. I gotta get this out. And if you don't do it, you feel like you're letting your listeners down. Um, but if you're going through something that serious in your life and it's really affecting you, you're letting yourself down if you just force yourself to do it too. Um, so I, my thing, my advice would be make sure you're constantly taking care of your own health and especially your mental health when you've got things going on. And then the content's always going to be there too.
2: Were you surprised at all by the response from, you know, locked on, but not only that your listeners as well, because they, I don't think they could have been any more supportive to you in a time when you needed it the most.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I truly don't believe, and I'm, I'm not like exaggerating here for, for the show. I'm not like, I'm being completely serious. I, I don't know how me and my wife would have got through this at all. If not for locked on, like, I first of all, Nick and the entire locked on community was very, supportive of me and and you know i had multiple hosts from locked on nba locked on nfl locked on nhl i have multiple people reaching out and let me know we're thinking about you we're praying for you um we're praying for your wife um so that was it, feeling that kind of of community and, and support that was very um big too obviously nick allowing me to take a week and two weeks off david lock messaging me and being like hey i heard about your wife take as much time as you need uh, we'll always be here when you come back. Um, that was huge because I really was stressing a lot about look, I, I, I know I need to get this content out, but like I just don't feel it at all. Like, I just don't have motivation right now to do it. I'm too worried about other things, more pressing things. So locked on itself was very supportive. But my my mom made a GoFundMe. me. My mom made a GoFundMe me because I wasn't gonna be able to work. I had to take care of my wife, and my wife obviously wasn't gonna be able to work. Yeah. So we were worried about how we we're gonna pay bills. How are you going to pay her, her hospital bills? How are you going to pay for food? How are you going to pay for all that stuff while she's out of commission and while I was having to take care of her? And my mom made a GoFundMe and I, I tweeted out. I didn't want to tweet it out. I, I don't like asking for like I don't like asking for handouts. I don't like I I just don't like doing it. So my but my mom forced me to do it. Um. Yes, I'm 25. My mom still makes mom's true
2: though. Mom's best. I swear.
0: <laughs> so I I tweeted it out, and I without the community I've made with Locked On Pistons, the amount of people who support the podcast and listen every single day, not just on YouTube or all the podcast platforms, but have followed me on Twitter and interact with me nonstop. They everyone donated fourteen thousand dollars in total, and I I. I'm not joking. I don't know how after seeing how much her hospital bills were, and how much our bills really were like when you're not working and the bills start coming through, you really yeah. start to see how much you really spend on bills. And it's like, I don't know how we would have survived really for real. I don't know how we would have survived these last few months without the support of all my listeners, my co-hosts, my colleagues, and not even just listeners but listeners who were retweeting and sharing it with their friends and family who then shared it with their friends and family and all just all around the big support that we got it was just crazy and yeah i just i appreciate locked on way more like i appreciate before but like now i appreciate it way more even more than i did before because of how much locked on really helped me and my family in a in a really big time of need so um I that I really do appreciate and love locked on because of that.
2: You you hit the nail on the head too when you talk about like, you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of yours, because you can't be you can't be giving out time and not taking care of yourself as well. Do you feel like, you know, having that support, taking that time and then you know, now being able to come back and, and and where your wife is at now, do you feel you know you can give more back now that you took that time?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it it helped a ton being able to take a week week and a half. I think I took a week and a half off. It helped a ton taking a week and a half off because I was able to just focus on getting my wife home because she had to spend a few days in the hospital. I had to spend a few days with her um, throughout the day, I wasn't able to stay the night, but I stayed all day with her at the hospital. So I'll, i was getting home tired and stuff. So I didn't have to have the stresses of like, okay, now I gotta get home. I gotta get this done. Um, I was able to just focus on her and, and us. So I, it, that helped remove a lot of stress at that point. And then obviously when I was able to bring her home and know that she's okay, she's got through the surgery and now it's just her recovery. I feel a lot more capable and, and, my interest in the Pistons again came back and my interest in wanting to create content and wanting to get that stuff out came back. Um, so yeah, the, the support and being able to take the time off and knowing again, not just like, not just the time off, but knowing that like, Hey, we don't have to stress about bills either. We don't have to stress about how we're going to eat and get food and stuff because so many people reached out and donated, whether it's five, $1, $5, 10, whatever it was, so many people donated where now we don't have to worry about any of that stuff. It made like these last two months, two and a half months, so much easier on her, so much easier on me, and so much easier on the podcast. And not just me recording the podcast, but made the quality of the podcast what I want the quality to be. It's not me forcing myself to get on here and record because I have to. It's me wanting to get on here and record. And I feel like we're having our best summer. I feel like I'm having my best summer so far with Locked On Pistons. We're having some really cool guests. We're really seeing the numbers shoot through the roof. We're on our way to 10,000 subscribers. We just got through 6,000. So I I really do feel like we're, we're blowing up a little bit. Um, And, a lot of that, again, just goes back to the support I got from Locked On and all my community.
2: Before we end the show, we want to highlight an organization that we're working with in an effort to support paving the way for future generations faced with less favorable opportunities. Safe Farm and Locked On will be giving a donation to the incredible organization Everyone On for every host we feature on this series, including Coup Today. The mission of Everyone On is to unlock opportunity by connecting families in underserved communities to affordable internet services and digital literacy training. Doing so creates significant positive change in communities and society as a whole. A big thank you to our good neighbors at State Farm for their support on behalf of our hosts and helping pave the way for so many others in our communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm and Lockdown Network share a common goal, helping to make our communities a better place. State Farm is committed to helping amplify individuals and organizations that lead the way in diversity, inclusion, and social good. Because we know that investing in community building and uplifting diverse voices is crucial to creating a sense of belonging. State Farm is proud to sponsor the Paving the Way series and celebrate the changemakers that have paved the way in making our neighborhoods a better place for everyone.